Hit it, Ed. In the Paleolithic forest of Massachusetts, near the shores of Lake Mastinac, in an undisclosed shed, we have uh, Mad Carl here. Uh, and I'm Normal Andy. This is producer Chris. And today we have Ed Guile, music hardware designer and music producer and LED artist. Yeah. If aficionado. Yeah, so I really want to. Welcome, Ed, to the, uh... Oh, welcome to the art shed! That's the beer cracking. Oh, here, I got one, too. No! Oh, it's, on my, it's on my computer now. What you, nice. What you drinking, Ed? Funny, uh, glad you asked. Uh, this is a Frost Beer Works uh, from Heinsberg, Vermont, called uh, Lush Double IPA, so... That means the second half of this podcast is going to get a little, little loose. Well, I got a um, a homebrew that I made. Nice. It's a bourbon stout. Uh, it's called Dragon Silk Bourbon Stout, and I um I soaked some uh, oak chips in in bourbon, and I brewed a a, a, a stout and. Uh, Quarts of bourbon in it. <laughs> it tastes, <laughs> it tastes, tastes silky good. and yeah. bourbony. And that's how I feel, silky and bourbony. Andy, what you drinking? I got this thing. It's called uh, Run This Town. It's uh, from McKellar Brewing in that San Diego. And uh, it's pretty good. It's a uh, German-style pilsner. I feel strange. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Producer Chris, are you? did you make any concoctions tonight yeah I, I i took a fig and i dropped it into a cocktail shaker and then i mashed it up with a muddler and poured some balsamic vinegar and pomegranate juice in it and shook that up and poured it oh and i put some honey in it and some rose petals and then i shook it up and poured it over crushed ice that's holy what i'm drinking holy. yeah holy crazy holy crazy what does that taste like really like good it's weird but good what the hell does rose petals taste like? Like, uh, not exactly like roses smell, but somewhat like that. It's a really subtle thing. It's more of an aroma than an actual flavor almost. Uh, and they say aroma is half part of flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah totally. Oh, shit. There's a, a fourth beer? What oh, am I, chopstick? Hey. What's with you oh. sons of bitches? <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Oh shit! I totally forgot. Phil's in the house. My this brother Phil. Brother I Phil. totally ignore him, and he's cracking beers and <laughs> like he just—he was actually—he was actually in a box, and he popped out of the box and cracked oh, yeah. the beer. He's been in the shed for the past. <laughs> he's four been hiding episodes. in a in a cardboard box. I was in a Schrodinger's box, so I was both in the box and not in the box at the same time. Right, he's a Schrodinger's yeah. box. Was yeah. the beer is the beer drank or undrinking? <laughs> it's not undranken. <laughs> and this is the Medusa la- Laser Kitten beer. And that's all I know about it. So there. Oh, a ghost just walked into the show. Oh, Welcome. I got, the door creaked open as Ed was playing that spooky music. Can I shut the door? You can. 
ghost is already here. The ghost came in. Yeah, he's yeah. probably gonna. I, I mean, I am the ghost. <laughs> Holy ah. crap! There's a <laughs> random ghost speaking. He's a ghost voice. There's another person in the shed. With, it's a ghost. I am a ghost. Ghost, would you like us to introduce you or no? Well, I can go in. Oh, excellent. Okay. I'm only a spirit. I'm only a wisdom of imagination. So in the shed, the shed uh, before it was built, there was a uh, a person who murdered 17 people. Uh, right. On top of an Indian burial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We built the shed on, a, on an Indian burial ground. Right. Exactly. No! <laughs> that's a bad idea. Yeah. Carl, that's what Carl channels into his paintings. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's not me. It's... it's uh, it's uh, Gilgamesh. Uh, I've been channeling Gilgamesh. Yeah. Not many people know Gilgamesh is a deadhead. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <exactly. laughs> the dead go all the way back to Babylonian times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Wow. Well, the Grateful Dead have been around that long. Yeah. They originally played in cuneiform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, let's uh, let's uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, see, you already got my name out of the way, so that's good. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I guess there's a story to it. But long story short, I, right now I design music hardware and yeah, uh, you know, for fun, produce music with you know, some friends of mine, and uh, and actually like the COVID times have been interesting for that because I, I usually like to go places and bring microphones so we've, we've figured out ways to remotely do things but um, yeah so yeah basically uh, I, I spend most of my days uh, either coding or working with circuit boards designing circuits uh, nice. to, and it's all for uh, music like performance and production so my 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 first product was a way to synchronize hardware over Wi-Fi, so less cables, and uh, it opens up some possibilities for synchronizing with an iPad music app and your like drum machine or modular synthesizer, and other other devices. So uh, yeah, that, that company is CircuitHappy.com, and I'm working on my second product, which is kind of an offshoot of the first product. So, so that was really weird. You sent me this photo of all these like wires connected to a circuit board. Can you kind of describe that for us? Yeah, so that's that's my my rack of gear. Uh, so I, I have a c couple of drum machines, which are you know you might have heard of an eight hundred eight or a nine hundred nine. Those are some kind of classic drum machines from the eighties. Uh, They're still used today, but uh, looping groove boxes that play drum sounds that you can sequence and control. Uh, so I have a couple of those, and the thing that you're talking about is my modular synthesizer, and what that means is uh, you have different modules, and hence modular, and you can plug them together in different ways depending on how you want um, to set things up and build. You can kind of like build the synthesizer of your dreams, if you will. And so... Just like guitars have tons of guitar pedals, or like electric guitarists, uh, the module modules and modular synthesizer kind of like a guitar pedal. You have a bunch of them. You can you can plug them together in different ways, and you know some modules create a tone that can be controlled to make a pitch. Uh, 
you have another module that uh, can filter that sound and like remove frequencies, uh, high frequencies or low frequencies, so that you shape the sound. And another module could be a control signal, uh, like a signal that goes, you know, starts at nothing and goes up to a value and then back down to a value. That's called an envelope, and you would use that to control the volume of uh, or a filter or something. And uh, so yeah, so you have all these different modules that are purpose-built for a specific task, and then you string them together with patch cables, which are just basically auto, audio cables, and uh, you, you, con you connect you know, an input to an output, and, and then uh, you build this crazy thing that makes crazy sounds. So uh, what I'm gathering is for your work, you're trying to get rid of cables. And then in your spare time, you're just trying to make a, a, a mess of cables, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've always had a mess of cables, though, even when yeah. I was a kid. I think I pretty much had, like, the whole corner of Radio Shack that were, like, all... You'd have to go buy, like, mm -hmm. the RCA adapters and things. I had, like, everything. And it was all plugged into stuff so that I could connect my stereo in different ways and I, I guess I've always kind of been into cables but uh yeah um some cables you just can't get rid of right now is there a uh I know you were talking about envelopes and changing pitches and stuff like that I don't know if uh, all of our listeners will understand what you're talking about is there like a simple way you could do like a demonstration on your uh, sure yeah let's uh right. let's let's go over to the uh the old synthesizer here um, so this, this particular one is, it's a, just a, what's called a, a monophonic voice. That means it can only play one pitch at a time where right. like if you're playing a piano, you can hit as many keys as you want. So that's a, a, a poly, you know, poly, polyphonic. Uh, Thank you. There's the word polyphonic right. instrument where you can play more than one voice at a time. So, uh, okay. So from the left to right, I'm just going to kind of describe what I have going on. I kind of, everything kind of flows from left to right for me. Uh, the first thing I have is a sequencer and a sequencer, uh, instead of playing a keyboard, um, where if you hit, if you hit middle C, that's telling, uh, you know, a synthesizer, okay, I need to play a certain pitch so that it's middle C. And I've, I've also hit a key and that is a trigger for triggering a sound like to, to make, make a sound. So you have, two things that are happening. You have an action, like a trigger, and you also have a pitch. So a sequencer will sequence a series of those, and usually they loop, or you can you know, bounce back and forth in the sequence. Uh, you can change the, the number of steps in the sequence. Uh, and then, then the next thing I have is, is a control voltage uh, for an envelope. So it doesn't make any sound, but it makes a voltage that would uh, instead of me turning a knob, it, it would turn the knob for me based, based on the voltage going up and then going back down or up and down repeatedly. Uh, and then I have something that, also another thing that makes uh, voltages for controlling things. And, and then uh, something to mix those control signals together so that I can have a more complex uh, waveform. And then... The next thing is actually an oscillator. So I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the oscillator directly in. So hang on one second. Uh, 
I'm going to unpatch a few things here. Yeah, go ahead and unpatch. Oh, Whoa, what happened? <laughs> he, <lost. laughs> he totally unpatched, I think. He unpatched Woo. himself. <laughs> yes. Okay. There. Uh, there we go. Now. So the first module uh, is an oscillator. So an oscillator, it makes a, a high-speed repeating waveform or, or shape. Like uh, it could be just a simple line that goes up and a line that goes down in a straight line called a triangle wave. It looks like if you look at it, on an oscilloscope, uh, which can show you voltages in a display, uh, you just see it go up and down in a straight line. You could have a kind of a curved version of that called a sine wave. And then you could have a square wave, which goes up really quickly, stays high for a little bit, then goes back down really quickly, stays low for a little bit. And so basically it's on, off, on, off. And if you do that fast enough, it makes a pitch that we, we perceive as, as a, a tone. So here is the triangle wave. And then this would be a square wave. Whoa. So you can hear there's a, a bit of a difference in the tone that because the square wave kind of partially goes up and then partially goes down, it, it gives a lot more, uh, what are called harmonics, which are fundamental. Uh, they're they're mathematically related to the speed at which it's it's oscillating. So that, uh, that was the sound can... I heard when the aliens were probing me. <laughs> <laughs> and now I could I could put uh, a voltage into the, the pitch control of of that oscillator. And so I have this one over here, the sine wave. So I'm going to take the sine wave and go into the pitch control. And you're going to hear it go up and down, up and down. And it's going to sound a little like. Nice. Speed of that with another knob. So cool. If I make that go fast enough, it goes into audio frequencies and becomes this other crazy tone on top of it. So, uh, so that yeah. So it's, instead of. An, uh, an oscillating frequency like that, you have a sequencer that can control pitches. Um, okay, let's see here real quick. So I have this one. So my sequencer, I have two outputs. There's the frequency control that's going to tell the oscillator what pitch to play. And then there's a trigger, which is going to tell uh, uh, an amplifier um, to make a, make a sound for a certain amount of time and then stop making a sound for a certain amount of time. So if I put the two together and I hit play, so here's the pattern that we were playing earlier. So now you can hear, I'm, I'm changing the, the frequencies of the sound where I'm not letting the buzziness come through. This 
a filter that I have patched it in. So the, the buzzy sound of the oscillator can be kind of muffled and controlled, and I can have the slider where I can control that. And of course, the slider can also be voltage controlled by an oscillator. So I can I can add that to the to the phone. So for the filters, do they just yes. set parameters and say we it cuts it off and just kills it at a certain frequency or? Yeah, there's different uh, kinds of filters. This this one's uh, this one is what's called a low pass filter. So it allows low frequencies to go through at, at a certain spot and then anything above that it does not allow it to pass and there's kind of a a slope to that so it's not just like a hard pass like okay at 500 hertz nothing shall pass beyond that that but it's more like at 500 hertz is when it starts to roll off at at some kind of gentle curve or like a less gentle curve and you get uh, different characters to that sound so uh, a, a really good analogy that i always hear with with a synthesizer is well what a synthesizer is doing is it's trying to its original intention was to recreate sounds in nature so right. uh before synthesizers you had organs and organs there were not you know supposed to sound like an organ they were supposed to sound like a flute or uh, a stringed instrument they were they were the original synthesizers that used air and pitch pipes and uh, it, yeah so that's that same concept rolls right into synthesizer. Some of the terminology is the same, actually. They use on some sense they use terms that come from the the terminology used with with a uh, a pipe organ. Uh, but yeah, so a synthesizer was originally the, like the idea for some people, not everybody, but some people wanted to find a way to recreate sounds of a flute or another instrument, stringed instrument or a drum sound, and that, that was the intention behind making a lot of synthesizers was to synthesize sounds that were already existed in acoustic instruments um, or, yeah. or, or, or voices. Gotcha. Was there a, uh, like, I know there's things like Mellotrons or whatever that have, like, recorded loops of musical instruments, and that's kind of what they play, right? Yeah, yeah. Mellotron actually does, they don't loop. So it has a finite, okay. it plays the tape. And then it stops. Okay. But it, it has like I don't know ten seconds or something. So they, is the that intention... pre synthesizer? That uh, no, it's about uh, that was around the same time as synthesizers were being developed. I think synthesizers were definitely around before that, before tape existed uh, in in different different ways. But uh, the the Mellotron kind of came out around the same time that like Moog was in, you know, creating the, their, their early synthesizers. And right. it was definitely part of that heady era of like the, the, you know, six sixties um, of creating cool instruments. But the Mellotron is essentially like a failure as an instrument in terms of what they were trying to, they were trying to get it to approximate strings, but it, it, it never quite sounded right. I think in terms of what they really wanted. And then I, so I, I don't know if it was abandoned and then, you know, rock and roll sort of picked it up as a sound and started trying to just use it as a sound. I mean, is that sound accurate to you? Yeah, I don't know, actually. I, I don't know enough about the lore of it. I, I do know that the Beatles were definitely one of the early bands to 
popularize it and they really embraced it. Like you can hear it on, uh, 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 it's on um, Sergeant Pepper's. Uh, so Strawberry there's Field, yeah. Strawberry Hill. Yeah. Strawberry Fields. Uh, yeah. That's, that's definitely lit. one of the, the good examples of it. Uh, interesting thing about that record is I read this, this book about this, this uh, music rec- engineer and producer that, he was working in the same studios as as the Beatles would use, and they had they had uh, a lot of the technology that the Beatles were doing was pretty cutting edge, and they were kind of some. They usually because they had the money, they could could get a lot of the early tech. But then the band that would come in and record after their their sessions could also gain access to that. So uh, if you if you listen to the record that came out right after, right around the same time as. Uh, as uh, Sergeant Pepper's is uh, a, a record by uh, the Zombies, and there's one track where it just sounds like tonally just like something on Strawberry. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, Sergeant Pepper's, and uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to hear like the, how the technology influences the sound, mm-hmm. and right. uh, you know, it's definitely like the Zombies aren't the Beatles by any means. Mm-hmm. They're a different, like different band, but you hear like these tones that are like right out of their record. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but the zombies are pretty pretty cool. I think Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying they're a bad band at all. I mean that no, record no, is awesome. They're not even close to the Beatles. I think, uh, I knew no, her they don't sound like them. I knew her. I knew her on Odyssey and Oracle by the zombies. Uh you would probably hear uh Mellotron and some of a lot of the stuff that would be used probably yeah. by the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, I think Odyssey and Oracle, I think that's the one that came out right after Sergeant yeah. yeah, it's right around Sergeant Pepper's. And all the engineers in those sessions, they're all wearing ties and lab coats, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the, such a different era. Pretty funny. <laughs> it's it's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool, but also pretty stuffy. Like, um, yeah. Uh, like, there's, there's like some respect and like pride in that. that it's, it's interesting how, uh, how that, that, that culture of, of recording engineers became kind of like rock stars and uh, – right you know, jeans and t-shirts and, and whatnot, you know, so like you don't see somebody in a lab coat unless they're doing it for like an affectation. You know? <laughs> Ed toured the country wearing a lab coat, right? That's Ed? true, I did. Tell I us did. about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, tell us old, about that band. My, my old band, Scilab, uh, for Psychedelic Laboratory. You can uh, you know, figure that one out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Carl and my wife, Christina worked together. And so she, she hooked us up with a couple of lab coats and then I eventually bought my own cause I could, I got it embroidered with my nickname. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what yeah, was your nickname? Vizzy. V I Z Z I E. Yeah. Cause I, I, I started out in the band as the VJ. So video jockey. So I was ah. projecting video uh, to what the band was doing and they were an improvisational band. Uh, like they came out of the jam band scene. So they weren't like grateful dead kind of jam band. Like they, that, that was their roots, but they, they started uh, playing uh, kind of more dancey oriented music. And they realized people were dancing when they played that, but not to their, you know, other tunes. What year was this? Uh, so this was right around, well, I joined in 2001, uh, but they, they, as a band, I, I kind of joined them right as they were making this change. Like it was kind of fortuitous, I guess, that I, I landed 
that uh, found them at at that time. But they were they were a band for a number of years before that. But uh, so did they do raves and stuff like that. In the early days, uh, it was before we changed our name to Scilab. We were this other made up word, Nikulaiden. Uh, I'm not even going to spell it. I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> uh, what did that mean? Uh, it it was I guess it was a code word that they used around one of their kids when they were were talking about weed. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and, and it, no one could really like actually. There there was a spelling that we used, but like not even people in the band spelled it the same way all the time. So it was pretty funny. It was a very like a. Not not good PR. He's like no one knew how to pronounce it when we'd be on a radio show. It'd be like Nickulidden, and you know, and on the uh, the marquee. If we were ever on a marquee, it was always misspelled. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, so I joined that band as a VJ, projecting video that I had. A, I would drag an old uh, Macintosh blue and white like plastic computer tower. Oh yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, so oh, yeah. like the not not the iMac, but like just like the computer tower. Yeah, right. the, the G the G four. I think I had one. Yeah, G four. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember the the first gig I did with them. It was in uh, Malden at like this little tiny little bar. You know, it was it was hilarious. And I remember I was like I had a com- I had this computer that was very obvious because it's very big and and a very giant projector and. I'm dragging this stuff in, and there was this this uh, drunk woman sitting out front. And she's just like, "What are you bringing a computer into the bar for?" <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm, I'm like 22 or 23, and I'm like, oh, I'm, "I'm the VJ." Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Whatever." <laughs> was she smoking a parliament? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get so, me another parliament. She's so cool. <laughs> I like a bastard. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> I'll try not to step on your foot. <laughs> I yeah, got so I would, computers. So I would sit. I would sit on stage, and I I had this. This, this computer that I would sit on the computer because it was just convenient. And so that was my seat, my seat and it kept me kind of out of the way. And I, I controlled my visuals with a computer keyboard and I had no monitor. The monitor was the projector. So if anything went awry, like everybody saw it on the, on the right. screen. <laughs> and I just sat there like tapping the keys, which the keys were programmed to do different effects and trigger videos and, and so, like, as the band's playing, I'm deciding what visuals to throw up on the screen. And I could do cool feedback effects. So if you played a video and then I turned it off, the, the remnants of the video would spiral away down into, like, go, like it was going down a drain or something into the center of the screen or mm-hmm. would zoom out at you. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun, you know, psychedelic imagery. And, yeah, I, so I... I did that with them for a number of years and kind of developed uh, a whole system. And, and then uh, at some point uh, our drummer went from an acoustic kit to an electronic drum kit. And 
we we uh, used like, it had built in sounds so, that like there was all the drum pads didn't really make much more than a thwacking sound if you hit them, yeah. but with with a drum brain attached to that that you plugged them all into, uh, much like my modular synthesizer, uh, the the module that the drum brain as we called it would produce sound. So you hit the snare drum and a snare would sound, and it could be a realistic snare sound or it could be some weird out of this world sound guys where'd you go i think i'm lost in the podcast hey anybody there i think we stopped existing for a second i freaking i was in a vortex Oh, my mind is, it's turned inside out. That's what it's I'm like. I'm unmade. That's what it's like when the Matrix reboots. Yeah, I saw a black cat twice. <laughs> it was the same black cat. Yeah, a black cat shit on my head. Twice? Twice. Backwards. Yeah, <laughs> backwards. And then the shit went back into the cat's Into ass. its anus. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's technical. What happened to you? I, I, I've been here the whole time. I didn't. So disappear. we just disappeared and yeah. you were here, yeah. drawing. Yes. Ah, that's a. Do you uh, have the a ghost is door? Back. Ah. The ghost is back. Ah, yeah, oh man! So we were talking about uh, uh, your music career. <laughs> uh, yes, my illustrious career. Um, yes. But yeah, uh, let's see. Like, I think we were talking about. Um, I was a VJ, and then I started to get interested in interested in audio. And somebody turned me on to a program called Max MSP, which allows you to program, but with kind of like a modular synthesizer, little objects on 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 your computer, like on in the program that you patch together, and you can build complex programs. And so I built something so uh, the drummer could hit his drum pads and I had a laptop hooked up to his, his drums and it would play whatever sounds we wanted. So while he was playing the drums, I could turn a knob and change the pitch of all of his sounds so they could slow down or speed up. And like in the beginning it was, we had to figure out how to do this together because he was used to just being autonomous and just hitting a thing and the sound happened. And now I was completely flipping the script on that and I could, uh, play sounds at a pitch that was too slow for the beep, like the, the tempo that he wanted to play. So early on we were playing a show and I just like turned the pitch down. Cause I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. And then I like kind of walk away and like look at something else. And he's like, this speed up the drums. <laughs> I'm like, You're the drummer. You speed up. <laughs> so we eventually kind of, we, we, we became one unit where I could, I, I could basically sense what he wanted. He could, he sensed what I was going to do and I would, you know, change the pitch and he'd react. He'd hear it in a split second go, Oh, he's slowing it, slowing me down. So he would slow down and then I pitch it back up and then he would speed back up again. And so we would do these crazy things together to make it sound like we just like slowed a record down by hitting stop and it goes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we became, this kind of unit that we called uh, drum lab, you know, Psy lab drum lab. And cool. sometimes we would perform on the side as a solo, like kind of noise project because 
we could we can make way more noise than was allowed in the band because mm. when you when you can play any sound you want you don't need to have anybody else there you can just make a, a wash of sound and so we had to be very restrained in Scilab and so at, as drum lab we could just like stretch out and be as crazy as we wanted to be so what, what kind of following did you have uh Scilab um well I don't know that's a good that's a good question like this was in the days of uh, MySpace, and we we had a, a decent enough following. I, I couldn't tell you how many people knew about us, but why t- does MySpace keep coming up in this podcast? <laughs> it's the second week in a row that MySpace. Oh, yeah. did, uh, did Tom ever come to any of your uh, concerts? Oh man, he was at every concert. He was. <laughs> he, well, he really was meant to be there. <laughs> he always had the time. same look too like on his picture he was yeah. always like looking over his shoulder at us yeah he looked like he was excited to see you yeah, <laughs> yeah he intended on coming to the shows <laughs> but yeah we, so we, did you... we would play we would play you know obviously boston and we would go up to portland and down in we played new york city a lot we there was a, a stretch of a couple of years where we were playing new york nearly once a month and like this would be like a thursday night so i would I, i'd get picked up from my my day job around four o'clock and we would drive to new york basically load in sound like we didn't have a sound check because usually when you're in a band you have a you get there early and you set up you have a what's called a sound check where you get to wrestle any bugs out of the system make sure all your everything is sounding at the right volumes before the audience shows up, we got really good at just arriving at like an hour before we were supposed to play, which I'm sure just like the promoters hated. And we would, we would set up and sound check as we were starting our our set. (laughs) And it, it was, yeah, we were, we were warriors. And so, yeah, we would go down to New York on a Thursday night, play for like 300 people at, at this, uh, club i forget the name of it uh it's changed it changed names while we were there like every couple of years it changed names where uh, in new york uh this 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 was in um uh uh greenwich village so like the lion around the lion's den somewhere near there i can't remember what the name of that club was called but i'm sure it's not the same name anymore but we so we would play there with usually a, a bunch of DJs and maybe in one other band. We usually tried to team up with DJs because we we wanted to sound like a DJ. That was our our whole mission. Like a good show for us was that you didn't notice that we started playing. Like we thought the DJ was still <laughs> playing. Like that was oh, that's what nice. we like we we thought we were doing our best work. And uh, so yeah, so we we played uh, some smaller festivals like Camp Bisco. I mean, not small, like Camp Bisco was pretty big. That was like playing in front of like 2000 people. That was the biggest thing we ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would also play more regional festivals like in upstate New York, you know, maybe in front of like a crowd of like 500 people or something like that. So de- decent enough size. Like it was, it was pretty cool. You know, like, like for, probably about eight years and I'm, I'm still it still happens from time to time i'll, I'll run into people around boston are like hey you were in that band <laughs> and, uh, but yeah that's much less often these days but because that band hasn't been a band for um like eight years but 
But yeah, so and was all that was all that music? Uh, was it all composed music, or were you? It sounds like an opportunity for you guys to do a lot of improvisation with the sounds and the music and everything. Yeah, like yeah, like we, we we had songs. Uh, mm-hmm. It's much much like uh, jazz or or a jam. A lot of jam bands you have you have yeah. kind of a, a composed head where yeah. you, you know that you're going to play a certain thing, but then you 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 dive off into improv land for a while and then you come back and. Yeah. So our our sets were pretty varied. Um, some some we there was a, a, a stretch of time where we kind of had a set. We knew what we were going to play and how it was going to. Mm-hmm. Those, those were super tight. Uh, but then we had our sets where where we really dug in and and uh, just improv and, and tried to see what what would happen. I mean th- that's that can be dangerous territory because you don't know is this going to be awesome or is it going to be horrible. And, <laughs> right. uh, and so. Uh, you know, but we, we know, know each other. We knew each other really well. Um, uh, so we, we knew what everyone was going to do or kind of, you could think, think amongst each other without speaking and, and know kind of like what was going to happen. So, uh, but yeah, like there'd be moments where you're like, Oh, this is not working. I hope we get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys have a lot of those uh, shared band psychic experiences when you're really all locked in together and like magically, Yes, forming the songs all at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely uh, some some awesome locked in moments where every everything uh, just flowed, and it's almost like I for for my from my perspective, I could just step back and have an out of body experience and watch myself yeah. do all yeah. the things Ooh. that I'm doing, and yeah, it, in like that flow state, just yeah. just and just let it go. Like, don't think and just let the muscle memory from doing the things uh, happen and you can just kind of watch it unfold. And that, that's really cool. Or like, yeah, you have those moments where you, you look over at the bass player, you know, Joe and he, he nods and smiles and goes, yeah, this is cool right now. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you have, that's, that, those are always fun. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that definitely. Uh, yeah. You, you become kind of you, a little bit of, you of you adopt a little bit of everybody in the band if you're in the car together you're playing together you're spending a lot of time together you yeah you kind of know everybody and they know you right and ideally like those when those moments happen inside of a a live performance is when it's really super magical because then you have an audience who's sort of like you're picking up on their vibe and you're transforming their vibe in the moment and and they're being transported by what you're doing at the same time. And it all kind of builds into this, you know, these kind of wonderful uh, spontaneous crescendos. Um, that's uh, I've always found that that's the sort of like the ideal that a lot of musicians are sort of chasing after the, that's, you know, the, the high moments that musicians kind of often are chasing after in a live setting. Yes. It, it totally, you're, is kind of a, a high here you know like yeah it's it's, uh, it's an addictive thing to uh like the experience of being on stage and performing for an audience uh is addictive uh, just like the um experience of creating something that you know uh, or feel that is something that's really special in that moment uh, that that it's a really awesome feeling we, you're, now, do you're always kind of chasing that dragon? <laughs> just yeah, exactly, but just uh, like on that note, do you also play like regular instruments? Do you play guitars? 
or anything like that, keyboards, that kind of stuff? Not really, no. Um, so you haven't had that form of that experience playing a, an acoustic instrument? Because I was curious if there was a difference between doing that with acoustic instruments and what that sort of psychic uh, transformative experience is with electronic instruments. Yeah, what was the... your band consisted of, yeah. again? Like, it, it was, was it... So uh, there's the drummer, uh, and there was a bass player who played electric bass. Uh, and we had a, a one or two keyboardists, depending on the iteration of the band, uh, and then and then myself. And, and no guitarist. No guitarist. No, the, the synthesizer was the lead. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Car- Carl's yeah. a rock and roll guy. He's, he's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You can oh, only imagine yeah. guitar. You don't you don't know how many times we, we would show up at like a, a jam festival and, and somebody would be like, dude, where's the fucking guitars? Yeah, exactly. This band needs a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> like, band shut up and listen. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So in, in, in uh, Nicky Lydon, we had a guitarist. And there was a conscious uh, decision to say no to guitars in, yeah. in Scilab. It was like... Uh, the guitarist moved to Colorado, I think. <laughs> and, you know, like, like Nick, Nick, Scilab happened because a bunch of people kind of like dispersed. And all of a sudden we were left with a keyboardist, a drummer and a bass player and myself. And, nice. I, and we said, you know what, this works pretty well. Let's keep it to this yeah. and not because Nicky Lydon was an op, kind of an open door policy. As long as you came to a, a practice for like one, one practice before a show, you're allowed on stage, and, you know, and and that had mixed results. <laughs> so, so now I know why um, you had trouble with that name, Nikki Lydon, because I was like, Nikki Lydon, is that a person? Like, <laughs> it's not like Nikki Six or something like that, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's true, but like somebody once said that in Arabic, uh, he's like, oh. In Arabic, that it sounds very similar to "fuck my religion" or "fuck your religion." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll go with it. I, I liked it. <laughs> so you, you, you. Have, speaking of religion, you have to tell us about uh, touring, uh, playing at Alex Gray's. One of our, all, me and Andy's favorite yeah. artists is yeah. Alex Gray. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, his his work is crazy. Um, yeah, if if you don't know who Alex Gray is, look him up. Alex Gray, he is like super intense psychedelic artist. And your band sounds like a perfect band to play his yeah his uh, gallery or whatever the hell. It's the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors. You didn't play the chapel, right? It was before that, right? Oh no, we played the chapel. Oh wow, you did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the music up. This is this is a there's gonna be a shameless self promotion. This is one of my tunes that. Yeah, my uh, production duo of me and uh, my friend uh, Bradford Swanson uh, called the Transparency, and so this is a tune off of our, <laughs> our EP. Uh, yeah, I drew the, I painted the cover for that. Yes, right, of course. So there, that's our connection there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you paint that in the art shed? I painted it in the art shed. Ooh, uh, I, I think that, it. I think you painted it after reacting to one of the songs from this. EP. Yeah, yeah, actually, right, right. I listened to his song, and it's it's uh, the painting is actually in the gallery uh, in Cambridge. the the last ga- The last art show I had. Oh, it's still there. Right when, 
Yeah, it's still right when COVID hit, we had an art <laughs> show. I'm pretty sure I got COVID and, after that. Yeah. I think I got COVID there too. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we all got colds afterwards. It was like in March. And, oh, and yeah. uh, there was a bunch of people crammed in a basement. I had my paintings. The, the psychedelic uh, painting that I did for Ed, it's, it's probably one of my best paintings. I'll post it up. Um, uh, Ed, can you describe the painting? Oh, man. It's, it's, it, it's very, I would say, uh, let's see. Well, there's the, there's the imagery of there's that, that face in there and just like almost almost like i've never taken dmt but uh people have described <laughs> it and some of the background <laughs> stuff feels very dmt like to me there's this very crystalline fractured imagery and it's it's definitely one of my favorite pieces of work you've done like so oh, yeah I, I i i wholly intend to to own own that one day <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, you have to probably yeah, pay ten thousand dollars to take yeah. it off your hands, but <laughs> hopefully it's, still, it's in Cambridge in the in, the, in the gallery. Well, I know it's. I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> yeah, no, it should be should be easy. It's to actually get near your house. It's very close to. <laughs> so, uh, but, but it reminds me of Alex Gray that 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 painting. It definitely has has a a vibe of that uh, kind of visionary psychedelic artwork. Music too loud. I can't really tell. <laughs> I'll turn it down just a little bit. Uh, so back to Alex Gray. We, we got invited to play at the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors in Chelsea, New York, oh, wow. uh, which was insane. Uh, the The space was they, uh, also a yoga studio, so they required that you took your shoes off at the door, which was awkward for a band, but. Uh, there was like this ginormous pile of shoes at the door. And like at the end of the night, you're like, how do I find my shoes? <laughs> but, but his artwork was just hanging up on the walls. And he had, it, I mean, it was very much like a chapel. There's the, the, there were these doorways that were just ornate. And just when you look at his artwork up close, it's just insane. Uh, yeah. I, I, I liked his artwork. Uh, I, I kind of knew it through, uh, the band Tool because he, he had mm-hmm. done some work with them. Right, right. Uh, but seeing his artwork in person and seeing the actual real artwork, mm-hmm. seeing those tiny brush strokes, it's like the technicality to it. He, he, so if you haven't seen his work, a bunch of it is is uh, these like biological paintings that look they're look that's like out of a medical book where you, you see a person and you see all all the veins in their in their circulatory system or all the nerves in their, in their nervous system or, and then, but then he'll overlay mystical things like chakra uh, and, and other things on it. And when you get up close, you see every vein that's been painstakingly painted in a full yeah. size, like these, like it's a full size human and he's painted a, a human at this like incredible detail. And it's just I've never seen one in real life. Uh, it's I bet you it looks way better in real life. Oh man, we should man, drive man. down there, Carl. Yeah, yeah we got to go drive. We should drive down there. So yeah, he yeah. Moved, the he chapel moved. itself, he's designed. He designed the buildings as well. Now. He's moved yeah. out of Chelsea. Yeah, he's now he's in moved. upstate New York, an hour outside of the yeah. city. And yeah, we we played there as well. But but we we played the chapel a couple times, and the the first time, uh, we you know we, we were we were leaving around four in the morning, and and 
uh, I like saw Alex Gray and I hadn't, he hadn't like, I hadn't seen him at all up until then. And, and so I, I just, he's just standing in like the middle of this one room uh, while people are dancing to a DJ and I just go up to him, stand next to him. And he's just like motionless, just looking around kind of a little bit wild eyed, like watching everybody. And, and then I just kind of like say, you know, I'm for, with the band that played earlier, you know, thank you for having us. And he, all he says to me, like kind of turns and looks at me and goes, they're dancing very close to my paintings and I need to watch them. <laughs> he's, he's That's exactly this, how he sounds too. I've heard interviews with him. His, his voice is, he's got that visionary voice where he, everybody has to talk like they're pulling every word from the source. <laughs> We should interview as you as Alex Gray. Oh man, Alex, keep that up. <laughs> Alex, uh, what what uh, what are you doing today? What do you eat for dinner today? I had a vegan hot dog and I watched <laughs> The Simpsons. <laughs> I was transported. <laughs> I ate a psychedelic hot dog that took me to the center of the universe. <laughs> they have the Simpsons there, too. <laughs> but only the good era. Right, yeah. Only, uh, they're only, only season, season four. Only season, only season four. four. Only season four, exactly. I was in an alternate reality that was exactly like this reality. <laughs> so yeah we, we played we played a couple of parties uh, in chelsea and then he moved upstate and then we did a halloween party which was crazy wow. like oh, yeah. it, i highly recommend just get finding a way to a alex gray halloween party i i don't even know like who who was there because everyone's in masks but i'm pretty sure there was some probably a couple of famous people there but I, I just remember like there was this guy and he had this really fucked up mask on and I, I walk up to him and I'm like, what are you? And, and he takes it off and, and shows me that he just put the mask on inside out. <laughs> like, that's so freaking smart. <laughs> and that's how you knew the drugs were working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we played, like... we played a Halloween show there. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, isn't the mask in the, from the movies Halloween like an inverted William Shatner mask? Yeah, it is. That's right. <laughs> so he, he was just totally taking a, a play out of that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's actually uh, normal Andy. That that's that's an ex, that show was an ex, was one of those examples of a show where everything just locked in. There was no thought. Nice. We just performed. Yeah, like it, it had to. Like just like the vibe going on there was just yeah. crazy, and. Uh, the drugs that people were on were just like in the air. <laughs> right. It was just nuts. Uh, like the, the vibes in there. I can't, you can't even describe what it was like. Uh, but yeah, like that was a really good. And actually Alex did acknowledge us that time. And like said at the end of the show, thank you. We love you. Silab. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. We don't need to yeah. do this anymore. Nice. Uh, yeah. We, we recorded that show. Actually we were, we were pretty, uh, we recorded most of our shows. We were pretty, um, ocd about that i think and uh, awesome. uh but that show we actually it's up on our on our band camp still scilab.bandcamp and it's live at the chapel of sacred mirrors and uh nice 
and at, at the end, like I made sure to like include that little clip of Alex saying "thank you." <laughs> <laughs> turned turned it way up louder than it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Producer Chris, you got any questions for uh, Ed, the real Ed? Yeah, well, you know, I'd actually like to hear some more music. I think that would be great. Oh, that'd be sweet. Sure. Oh yeah, here's a uh, here's track two on on that EP called uh, "New Sciences." The good news is the golden age is coming. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of the old consciousness. It is the beginning of new sciences, understanding of the world from a different perspective. So th these drums are a friend of mine, Chris Narena, and I recorded, but then I chopped up and, and made sound. So it's, it sounds like a drummer, a human drummer, but then there are these moments where it just gets messed up and, and sounds impossible for a human to, to play. As I was trying to like toe that line of making it sound real, but also super real. to the ports of Canada on this one too. Right. Yeah. Technology. 
right, dude. That was pretty intense, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so just to expound upon what Andy was asking. Um, yeah, I, my... Well, that was actually Phil. Oh, Phil, sorry. Phil. Oh, but we've yeah. been ignoring him. He's oh, not yeah. even here. I forgot he was there. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so I don't, I don't ever make anything by myself. If, if, if I start a track, it'll never finish. So I, I mm-hmm. love to pr- produce with people. So like working with Brad on this project is awesome because we both force each other kind of or, or hold each other accountable for finishing something when we start it. And, uh, and then I love to work. I have a lot of talented musician friends that I've met over the years, like Chris, who plays drums on this, um, uh, the, the, the boards of Canada E synthesizer. That's kind of the, sort of the lead in this. That's yeah. my friend, uh, Nick Donaldson, who actually helped me start, uh, the, the beginning of circuit happy, my hardware company. Uh, he also lives in, in Denver now. Uh, no relation to the other guy that lived in Denver that we were talking about earlier. But, uh, but yeah, so like I, I love to present an idea and say, what, what would you add to this? And uh, I, think, I think maybe the outro, we can play my, the, the most current piece that uh, I just finished with, where th- that, that piece is like a total, I don't know if you know the fable Stone Soup, but uh, oh, yeah. uh, this, you know, yeah. this yeah. soldier comes into town and needs to, is hungry. And so he says, I can make stone soup. And he put, bring, puts a stone in, in a, you know, asks for a pot of water, puts a stone in, and then just basically everybody makes the soup around the stone. And mm. he doesn't really do anything except get everybody to, to make the soup. And so that this I, I made this kind of like this early beginnings of a track and I brought it to my friend, you know, Brad, and then he played some keys. And then I removed an element because that the keys took over that. And then my dad's an upright bass player. He plays in a jazz band. And I, I had him, I sent him part of the track and said, can you just improvise some bass over this? Which is like way different than, you know, 50s jazz that he's used to, to playing in. And then we we took his recording and chopped it up and then found like a groove that we liked out of that and then that removed the bass line that i had had in there and then uh my friend chris played drums and i recorded some a bunch of takes of drums and then chopped those up and it's basically at the end uh my friend greg played trumpet and my friend brian played guitar and every element of the original thing is gone it, it's completely gone like it's the only thing that remains is the tempo and i guess the key uh but other than that uh, like not a single element of the original track is there and, but it's, and it doesn't sound like that track anymore <laughs> at all. <laughs> so it was a total stone soup thing. I was like, here, I have this thing. And then people built around it. And then yeah. eventually I took that, that, the, you know, that skeleton out of that and it became a new body. It was pretty wild. Yeah. Well, that's like that boat, the boat of Odysseus. Or oh, whatever. the boat of um, oh. Theseus. 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 Yeah, we were talking about this. Theseus. We were talking about Theseus. this in another episode. We said we talked about that maybe in two episodes know, ago, I think. Episode three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this has been uh, welcome to the Art Shed. I'm Carl. Uh, Andy. Producer Chris. And uh, Ed, what's your uh, What's your handle? You want to give us any info on you? Well, yeah, like your your Bandcamp. I know you said it earlier, but let's tag oh, yeah. it on here. Yeah, uh, you can go to well 
there's Scilab, scilab.bandcamp.com for the old band and my, my, my current production, uh, whatever you want to call it, producer uh, name is The Transparency. So T-H-E, Transparency, all one word, dot bandcamp. So you can go there. Or you can find you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, every, all the stuff. I, I can put it in the show notes. And, and uh, everybody... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah, see, see Carl's awesome artwork. Uh, sweet. Uh, thank you, brother. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, look look at uh, madcarl.com, and uh, Chris is at Chris at Live Firecook. I'm just andyresound.com. All right, and and this and is Phil is out of the room, but yeah. he's uh, these are dreams.com. We'll, we'll I think. put him in Ooh. the in the show notes like too. Yeah, these are dreams. So. Until next time, get the fuck out of the outshed. <laughs>